Welcome to Redbird Buzz. I'm Rachel Kobus with Alumni Engagement. Today we're learning a little bit more about what it means to be a YouTube star and work in the digital content world. 2008 School of Theater and Dance alum Keith Habersberger found a love for improv at Illinois State University and used his talents and humor to help net 2 billion views and 7 million YouTube subscribers as a member of the internet sensation The Try Guys. Many may know Keith from his viral video series Eat the Menu. Keith is also a founding member of the comedy band Lou Burger, known for songs like If I Were a Disney Princess and Locking My Car. While the band has performed on America's Got Talent and Bring the Funny, the best stage Redbirds can catch them on happens to be September 9th in Braden Auditorium. Tickets are on sale through Ticketmaster. Redbird alumni eager to meet the band has the chance to purchase pre-show and performance tickets through the Alumni Association. So excited to welcome member of the YouTube sensation, The Try Guys, and breakthrough comedy band Lou Burger, Keith Habersberger. So Keith, what's the word Redbird? I hear a little tweet that we may be having a few laughs with Lou Burger on campus soon. That's right. September 9th, I yeah. believe, which is Friday. We're coming out. I'm so excited. I haven't been able to come back and do like a show show at ISU in, I don't know, a really long time, maybe yeah. since I graduated. I mean, I've been there for maybe an, an Improv Mafia reunion since okay. then, but I've never put on my own show there, which is right. really cool. But have you been on Braden before, like on stage as a student, or is this gonna be your first time? on? I don't think I ever got to perform at, in Braden. I saw comedians and yeah. musicians in Braden, but I think the Improv Mafia started doing some stuff with like the Welcome Week in Braden a couple years ago. Maybe they still do, maybe they don't. Um, but that was after me, unfortunately. I didn't right. get that opportunity. So now you get to add that. To now I get to do it. All the stuff that Keith has been doing, which we're going to dive into. Um, like I said, YouTube sensation. We've seen him on America's Got Talent, on uh, national television shows, like I said, all over YouTube, on TikTok. It's exciting to see someone like you, Keith, take your creativity and really just shine with it. And also having you as a caring redbird is amazing too we know that you do give back in multiple ways um you may have seen keith in at calm week one year or in some of our birds give back videos and you're just like i said all around amazing person so thank you for being with here here with us today yeah you talk i'm just so starstruck by you so, <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned it already um improv mafia that's where you got your start at isu and learning more about that theater passion because i believe i saw somewhere you actually started as a french horn musician yes ISU, yeah so and you can see that i'm not too far away from brass down here oh gosh, i don't know if people <laughs> have the visuals but i have a trombone a euphonium a trumpet and a French horn so behind me. Brass ensemble. Yeah, um, but yeah, I love French horn. I played French horn all through middle school and high school. I was very like uh, super into it. I grew up in Tennessee, and the town I grew up in was really small, and there weren't a lot of performance opportunities in an artistic way. There were church plays. That was like the only play that was put on in my town were plays of different churches. And I was in them and I was in other churches, church plays. That was how desperately oh, I wanted to perform. actor. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I at least leased out to other people. And then, um, yeah, music was just something I always really resonated with. I loved singing as a kid and doing music and 
uh, marching band is a blast. And I did that in high school, um, very into French horn. And so I was very, very good at French horn. So when I was going mm -hmm. to school, I kind of thought, well, French horn is what I've invested the most time into. So it makes sense to major in that. Um, but in my senior year of high school in Illinois, because I moved up right before senior year, I was able to do more theater and like sort of do some improv. And I did the Second City Boot Camp in Chicago oh, nice. for like two weeks before going to ISU. And right after I did that, I actually got on to the Illinois State like message boards of oh, long time ago. We're talking, you know, this is don't, 2000. Don't yourself. Yeah, you're going to take five. <laughs> um, and there were some boards for the Improv Mafia. And I wrote and I said, hey, I'd really love to join this group because I love improv and I haven't gotten to do much of it. And uh, Brian Wool, who is a, about to be a junior that mm -hmm. year, responded okay. to me. Um, and he said, yeah, we have auditions. You can come watch some shows and audition. And I did. And I got in and it was super thrilling. It take like three to five people every year. So it's a sort of small group. And I was able to do that. And it was so fun. And as an incoming freshman in theater, you really can't do any plays. But right. Improv Mafia is an RSO, so it doesn't, yep. it can't, it doesn't live under the jurisdiction of, of uh, the majors. Like a freelancer in a sense. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And somewhere in that first week of school, I switched, or maybe it was even preview, I switched to being a theater major and a music minor because I still mm -hmm. loved playing music. So for yeah. freshman and sophomore year of college, I still was in um, the Symphonic Winds, I think maybe one of those yep. uh, higher bands. And it was okay. super fun. And I really loved it. And then eventually, though, by the time I was a junior, you can't be in both plays and concerts because sometimes they both have Sunday yes. matinees and you can't do them both. Had <laughs> Physically, it. you can't do both. Um, so I eventually dropped the music major, but still played French horn and did comedy with it. And then, you know, after school, I stopped. But now I'm, I'm getting back into brass and I really enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, I did Improv Mafia. Loved Improv Mafia. They have shows every single Tuesday, which was great because, I, again, I really just wanted to perform. And as I was there, we started doing more things uh, during my time there. We added in doing the Free Stage Festival and we would put on yep. improvised plays and musicals and sitcoms. I know that's something they still do. Yep. We had long form improv rehearsals on Saturdays, which they do. We competed in the first and second uh, college improv tournament and the second year we competed we won which is this really oh. awesome and uh so we were ranked one of the best college improv groups in the country cool. which i think then helped the improv mafia become something that was uh, a reason people might go to isu which is super cool to have been involved with it yeah. as it was growing so big i mean it was already 10 years old by the time i got there um but it kept growing and i think it still kept growing they still have remained a an amazing improv group which is cool to see because i don't know any of them anymore you know it, we're too far separated but maybe yeah. uh, hopefully i'll run into them i was gonna say stop while by I'm in town by. yeah great yeah so i mean with improv then Obviously, this is kind of led down your career path. How how did that create the persona you found in the Try Guys and Lou Burger? I mean, did that help figure out the next steps for Keith after Illinois State? Yes, Emperor Mafia absolutely was huge for me. I also it was oh the first thing I did the most networking in, and oh, you know, as you right. grow older, you realize that it's not just having skills; it's having friends in adjacent fields. <laughs> and uh, I was able to you know, have contacts in Chicago. And right after I graduated, I auditioned for a couple improv groups, did not make those, but then I uh, auditioned for one called Mission Improbable, um, okay. which as it would be, it was actually an improv group that I saw that was a touring group. And I saw the first week I was at Illinois State um, in a ballroom or something. And it was super cool. 
And uh, I auditioned for them. I made it into that group and I toured with them for four years after school with the first two years being full-time, which is like somewhere between 150 to 180 shows a year, which is a lot of shows. And then I went down to part-time, which is sort of just leading out a group of guys when um, they were double booked, right? Sometimes, especially in the fall, there's a lot of schools that want performances and sometimes you'll have two in the same day and we'll just bring out a different team. So I went with other people who had, who had previously toured full-time, but anyway, I did that. And that was probably the best performance training ever had because one day I might be performing for 20 people in a library of a small school. And then the next night I might be performing for uh, 800 people in uh, like a theater that's part of like a, like a parent's weekend. And then the next day I might drive 12 hours to do a show for an Iowa concrete worker conference. So it's like, you know, performing for lots of different size audiences, performing of lots of different demographic audiences and doing that for so long helped me, I guess, learn what version of me most people liked and how, what were the easiest way to make the most people laugh with what I have learned so far. And that I would think really helped me um, develop quickly as an internet personality uh, because I just sort of, I don't know, I maybe it just sort of developed this personality that was entertaining to people as well as I spent time while I was touring with Improv Mafia or Mission Improvable. And I learned how to like shoot video, edit video, oh, uh, record sound right. and do all yeah. of these technical things because I was sort of seeing at that time that the best way to get yourself out there is to put yourself out there. Yeah. So I started making YouTube videos, you know, which some of the YouTube videos I first made still probably have like 30 views, like nothing. Um, but it was still experience. <laughs> and I did that for a long time. And then with uh, Octavarius, which was an improv group that was formed out of Improv Mafia, people who had graduated. Okay. Brian Wool, who I said earlier, was also a member. And there were basically nine of us, almost all ISU graduates. And we did shows in Chicago at the same time. And then at some point we were like, Chicago is great, but we're not getting any work out here. So half of us moved out to LA. And since then, Brian Wool and I who have, are still connected. We're yeah. still friends out here. He's taken into doing lots of more stand-up comedy. Mark Musinski is now writing on television shows. He was another guy I moved out here with. And then I am an internet boy. So all of us were able to find <laughs> some careers that are still in yes. comedy and in performing. And it's been a very fun. Uh, and stay connected thing. too. And stay, yeah, and stay connected. Yeah. Like, that, like you mm-hmm. said, that is truly important. So that's amazing to hear. And especially in LA for such a big city. Me. Yeah, I've, I'd say that every major city I've been in, I think there's a good sort of collective of ISU alumni that that still do like meetups. Um, There's a guy named uh, Enrico Natale who just made a film. His production company is actually called like Red Bird Entertainment. He like basically continued that brand (laughs) uh, and he has used lots of talented ISU graduate uh, actors in his projects and he's very talented. And I've got so many friends out here who were either like two classes above me who I never met in school, but I know them now and people, you know, a few classes behind me that I never met in school who I know now. So um, there's a great community in LA for sure. Great. Well, good to know. And just remember LA, Keith is mm-hmm. there and he knows how to network and get you connected. So true. Now you're going to have all these phone calls and emails. Well, coming to Keith. I'm so sorry. I already have a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, you go. It won't, it won't be anything for you then. Um, so then, you know, skipping ahead, we, we know you are part of this group called the Try Guys, but was BuzzFeed your first choice? Is that what you, is this what you wanted to do? And I only asked that because maybe 
one of us watched someone else in a documentary and learned a little bit more about him. So if right. you elaborate more on that. Yeah, so BuzzFeed, very funny. And this is why I mentioned networking earlier is that yeah. I spent all my time in college and after college networking and improv, but that didn't give me any networking connections in video production. Yeah. And LA is a video production town and everyone who moves out here, they went to video, you know, movie school and they, their professors know people at places and they have a network when they move out here. And I didn't. And I was really good at editing. That was probably like the best video skill that I had because yeah. editing is at the end of the day, it's timing and comedians, I think are pretty good editors because they yes. can feel the pace. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know anybody. So I was like sending resumes and uh, reels and stuff to mostly post houses, which are basically, uh, they're companies that only do editing. So like you send them a project and they make it good. And there's lots of editors or that sometimes they do color correction sounds or a post house does that. So I was, I was uh, sending in places, sending in my materials for those places, other places, trying to get an acting agent and things weren't moving super fast. But then again, I was, I was only there for like seven months before I got a job at BuzzFeed. So I'd say pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, but I was luckily, I was working on some stuff back in Chicago. I was editing some projects for some friends. So I had some yes. money coming in to keep me alive. Um, and BuzzFeed, when I first saw they were accepting applications, I was like, oh, BuzzFeed's not super my tone and brand of humor. I'm nothing against it. It's just not mine. Yeah. Um, but then two months later when no one else had hired me and they <laughs> still posted that they were accepting applications, I was like, well, maybe it's not too different <laughs> from now. what I do. <laughs> so I sent in uh, some stuff and I made like a little video uh, to prove that I could do things. And I got an interview and was able to get a job there. And I started working there within a month and a half of Eugene Ned and Zach, who all started working there independently. None of us knew each other, hmm. uh, but we all started around the same time. And it was a time of pretty rapid growth for BuzzFeed. They would bring in probably four to six new people every like three weeks, oh, wow. um, which hmm. is a lot. And yeah. these were mostly our job was like intern or they made up a word called fellow, which is basically intern is you do everything, but at least it was everything like setting up lights for a shoot and helping edit a shoot or doing some, sometimes you're doing prop runs, which is less glamorous, but most of the time you actually do some pretty hands-on cool yeah. stuff and you learn. Fellow is the same thing, except you also make one video a week, um, which is pretty yeah. fast. But once you then? become a junior producer, you oh. start making two oh. videos a week and then oh. you eventually move into producer and you're actually, your, your scale goes down, but you might have some managerial responsibilities kind of stuff. But I was very good at making videos fast. And at the time we were making videos that were a minute and a half, two minutes long. It's a very different YouTube. It's almost more like making TikToks in, in the length they're very different types TikTok of videos, but yeah, it, it was just like, that was the world. It was short form. Yes content and try guys came around as kind of an accident uh buzzfeed was a laboratory which they took the approach of like science toward video so if a video did well you would literally break down all the elements of that video and and test each element individually uh with something else so best example would be a video that's like eight problems curly haired girls understand which is would be like a direct rip off of like a post that'd be something they would have done as a written post yeah. that had gifts and stuff but you'd like act it out and you write the titles of it and it would do well so you're like okay so we know that 
videos that say eight things that people do, maybe it's something to test. Mm -hmm. Curly hair things might be something to, to test. So you can take both of those things and then you can do styles of curly hair through history. You could do um, eight ways to style unruly curly hair. You could do all these different types of videos based off the same things that you learned. And if those things still did well, it was kind of something you could rely on. Wow. And at the end of the day, you make money on YouTube by having views that have ad revenue on them. So the most views you can get per video, the more money you make per video, that, that is how the business works. It's, right. it's a little farm laboratory yeah. situation. Yeah, it's where art meets science meets business. This is why you have to go to school and have a well-rounded education yeah. so you understand it all. And the way that relates to Try Guys is that we had seen that uh, people trying foods was doing really well. So like taste test videos, very simple. And typically mm -hmm. it was like Americans try Indian snacks, stuff like that. And then we started to think, okay, well, what else can you try besides food? Food is great because uh, it's literally something the viewer can't experience as easily. Like you can't, it's hard to get uh, snacks from India uh, and you don't know what they taste like and you don't even know what they look like. So it's, there's an intrigue. And then we thought, well, let's, and we like, what's the simplest thing you could do is like, okay, man, try woman thing. And that would be, you know, uh, we saw that content that showed female identities and explained them was really good. And we thought that maybe men understanding a common problem uh, that women experience would be something that resonated and also could be used as a video to show your boyfriend or your husband and say, see, uh, these people agree. I've been saying this all along. Now you're, you have to agree with me, um, which maybe you should have agreed without that point of argument, but it was there. So we made a video where we tried on ladies underwear. Um, yes. and that <laughs> sort of, it really went well. And then we tested something different that we hadn't tested at BuzzFeed before, which was just to put the same people in, in the next video. Because normally it'd been anybody who was available, you might grab and put in a video because um, there was no like casting budget. And you yeah. had to make videos so fast, two videos a week from like ideation to yeah. on the internet, that's fast. Yeah. So you just grab people at their desks and go, hey, can I borrow you for 30 minutes? And I'll have you eat some snacks. Well, we went around and it was Zach and I, and no other guys wanted to be in this video. <laughs> and Eugene said, sure. And Ned said, I don't think so. And then we were like, come on, Ned, <laughs> let's just do it anyway. And he's like, fine. And so the four of us did it. It did really well. And we thought, hey, let's do it again with the four of us. Let's do sexy Halloween costumes. Cause it's almost the same, except that, uh, you know, there there's a very clear line that women's halloween costumes are overwhelmingly yeah. sexy yeah. underwear it kind of is supposed to be if, or it can be it's a little more understandable for underwear to be sexy yeah. whereas halloween costumes like well it's interesting that societally like it is very normal yeah. um so we you know we're able to do that video and then that now we've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos and our videos went from being two minutes long to sometimes an hour long uh, we have multiple yeah. formats within the Try Guys, like without a recipe or without instructions, which are the mm -hmm. same idea of four of us failing at something someone else knows, except we never meet the expert. <laughs> so we don't get taught how to right. do it. Instead, we Love just it. guess. And it's a great a way to understand someone's struggle. And then you intercut it with the, the expert doing it right. And it's a hilarious goofus and gallant back and forth that you get to quote old highlights magazines in my interview. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, and that's it. You went from one minute having four guys that didn't know each other to having billions of views. Yeah. Having a YouTube channel now. And you're, so how many years has it been since your first video now? Uh, eight years. In All fact, right. September is the anniversary. I think September 12th oh, is the eight, eight year. Almost right then. Yeah. 
nice. Keith's career. Oh, I love it. And but with that, so eight years, eight years of content. And then I mean, we're going to talk more about Lou Burger and you have content there as well, too. How do you think of all these ideas? How, how do you generate content and how do you keep it you know, fresh, vibing, on point? I mean, the wording changes every year, too. So how yeah. do you keep it going? <laughs> There's so many ways. Uh, simplest would be like, we do brainstorms. We still kind of okay. do the same yep. thing. You look at what has done well and you try to understand why it did well. You ask, why do you think that video got 1.1 million, but this video got 2.1, or maybe this video only got 600,000, why? Now these are big numbers to throw around, but <laughs> like you know, still. <laughs> but you know, we, you know, there's a certain expectation you want in your releases. And sometimes you have to figure out why things did or didn't perform well. And also we have only so much time. So it's also about like, who else can we put in videos? How can we, put fewer of us in videos so that we can make more videos, that kind of thing. Um, but a lot of it, you know, sometimes it comes from commenters saying a really good idea and we're like, oh, that's a great idea, let's do it. Sometimes it comes from opportunities that come or come about. You know, sometimes we'll meet somebody and they'll be really cool and they're like, oh, I also, you know, run a, a pottery business. And we're like, oh, that'd be a great video. And we were able to highlight a small business and feature a talented person and then learn a skill and it's sort yeah. of a win-win. And then sometimes it's just one of us wakes up at two in the morning and I'm like, I've got it. <laughs> and you, you know, text <laughs> the other guys and we, we are always texting video ideas yeah, all the time. They're always happening. And then emails, we do brainstorms. We just at so many places that video ideas come from. It's hard to, to even explain at this point. I'm no, thinking of it like I was in the airport and I was like, oh, what if we did this? And I just wrote down in my notes on my phone, like a whole serious synopsis and like i'll we'll do one episode and if it works we'll do another but yeah. if it doesn't we'll ideate on something else well like i said the whole science behind it makes it so one little detail can explode into a whole series of what right. you want to do too so i mean you've you've nailed something i think very um has a lot of longevity to it so i hope try guys and luber i hope you continue to because there's just yeah. the world happens i mean something new i feel like happens every day That's so it's true you're just yeah. getting good content basically yeah yeah and <laughs> so. there's a lot of content out there that you know there's only that's why it becomes hard to make content yeah, is I that bet. there's now TikTok is a whole different platform with a whole different set of rules, a whole different set of creators. Yep. YouTube already has a whole different set of rules than when yep. we started, a whole different set of creators, a whole different like ecosystem. Yep. And then there's still, you know, Instagram and there's still there's still Snapchat. In fact, Snapchat, yep. while most people don't think it's super vibrant, has a lot of stuff yep. on it. It's just not as popular as TikTok right now. But there's so many different things, they all have different rules. So it's uh challenging to stay relevant amidst a evolving mm -hmm. uh infrastructure of how people watch stuff yeah. and like i like i've watched more tiktok than anything else i, I understand it that, it's that some, there's some, there's something i kind of like that you could watch tiktok and like never see a famous creator in yeah. like you know an hour and i yep. i think it's really cool there's something appealing about strangers in, in mm -hmm. a sense too yeah no, yeah like I said, hours at a time, just mm -hmm. oh, look at just new scrolling through. A dog. Oh, a cat. So many things. Oh, it's yeah. just, I love it. I love how everybody's looks totally different. Yep. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too is you know watching your videos, um, you know watching you work together, both of these groups, you impact a lot of people too. I mean, again, watch your documentary with the Try Guys, and you have fans that you've changed their like all of you have changed their lives. Like they talk about that, and that's so inspiring that 
you touch one person, you it feels good, but you touch millions of people and, and make this impact. So how does that make you feel now? It's super cool. I mean, especially when you do actually meet people in person, yeah. uh, it's, you know, you can read comments and you can see views on a video and those numbers can be big, but it doesn't really resonate until you are in front of, you know, even one person who's very emotionally affected or, or 10 people, or maybe you're in front of a crowd of a thousand people. And it, it's super cool. It's always so um, overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like, yeah. it just like, it feels great. You know, I, I've always wanted to bring people joy. I'm able to do that. That's actually what makes me happy. So it's a little bit greedy as well. You know, like I making you happy makes me happy, which yep. so at the end, it's at the day, it's Good still self serving. Yeah. And, um, and I also like love music and being able to do Lou Burger. And I've always like loved comedy music. All my first CDs I bought as a kid were Weird Al. Um, yes, I loved man. watching Whose Line Is It Anyway growing up yes. and I, I loved Wayne Brady and he's so cool and so talented and yes. I've just been inspired by other comedy musicians, Five of the Concords, you know, um, Lonely Island, all those guys I, I've been very inspired by. So be, to be able to do something like that now and tour and perform at colleges and comedy clubs and conferences and it's really awesome. It's, it probably gives me the most joy. You know, I got like performing in front of an audience live is just so much more fulfilling and fun and unpredictable. Yeah. I love making videos and I love people releasing videos and people loving those videos. Um, but mostly I really like performing in front of people. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that branches off into our next, I mean, you are going to get to perform again, September 9th. Yeah. Lou is going to be at Illinois state. So how, where did Lou Burger come from? Like, this, is this a newer project for you? Right. This so, after the try guys or during, this like, actually, Lou Berger, well, if you were to say it as Alec, when Alex and I met, okay. uh, we actually met, I think, eight years ago, two days ago. So it's almost the same, if, if not oh, yeah. the exact same age okay. as Try Guys. Um, yeah. We met at a networking barbecue. Networking, there it is. Which is mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. Um, but we both were like, we both like comedy music. Um, we were both looking for like a writing partner. And so we were like, well, let's try it out. And we did some stuff for a year together. And then we were like, maybe we should have a, a huge band that would make us different than other comedy acts out there before. And we really liked Tenacious D. Uh, mm-hmm. So we built up to a big band, but that was like, it was just too much sound. It was impossible to put us in any venues to have like seven people. <laughs> and also you couldn't hear the joke. So like, yeah. okay, that was too much. So we went back down and we were looking for a piano player to join us, uh, to give us just more sound than just a guitar. Cause I only play brass instruments, which means I can't sing while playing. So it True. doesn't really help. If you figure that um, out though, you'd be a millionaire on top of it. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we were looking for someone and we found Huey and Huey's just an incredible musician at the time he was doing comedy, like uh, accompaniment for the second city in Hollywood. So he knew how to play music for comedians. He also had in a, you know, when he was much younger, been in like a jug band with his friends, which is very much a comedy band. So all of us had some sort of comedy music roots with different emphasis on comedy or music. He went to Berkeley to do songwriting. Alex is just the most amazing, you know, not on Broadway, Broadway singer, like his voice is so beautiful, but it's very much like a rock opera type voice, which is a super fun uh, voice to have. He also plays guitar super well. So we were able to bring all of our stuff together and, um, you know, create a show that over time grew into being what it was. And now we're at the, like the touring phase because you just have to gain your own brand's popularity to sell tickets. So when the Try Guys went independent four years ago, it was also 
when I was like, all right, now we need to also focus on Lou Berger because BuzzFeed just, and, and I understand totally, wasn't into comedy music content because it wasn't doing well on YouTube. So in that whole laboratory approach is like, yep. why would we put resources in? And music videos are expensive yep. and they it won't make its return. So yep. they, it was hard to do all those things and do Lou Berger with videos, but now we're able to do it. Now we have a great TikTok and we have a format where um, we do Broadway songs and Alex knows the words mm -hmm. and I don't, we, and I have to improvise them and that has taken off and it's yes. been a great little thing for us. And we have a podcast and we do our live shows and we just did a, uh, a stage like musical called the wizard of friendship. Um, where again, we were able to put some other ISU friends out here into the show and, uh, have other talented people in it and we basically put songs that we had written and we scaled them up with costumes and lights and videos and it was a wild thing and we're gonna bring like little elements of that show on the road with us okay. um because it, so are we I gonna can't... hear we're gonna hear like if i were a disney princess uh, oh tour, i'm sure we we'll hear yeah typically <laughs> i told we, you i listen to your that one's near the end of the show uh you know it's one that everyone knows and Love is excited it. to mm -hmm. hear and mm -hmm. we have some new songs we're working on actually this afternoon to put into the tour before we mm -hmm. go out there so and we like to change up every show while we're out on tour. We change around one or two songs or the order of things. And it's just that with, a, with the show we just did, I, there was like a three foot paper mache head that I was wearing. There's some things we can't actually bring on the road until we are in a tour bus and yes. have a couple of trucks behind us. And we aren't, we aren't quite there yet. I just can't like your paper. See, you can go into stories and stories of your paper mache head and networking barbecues and things that you, I wouldn't expect to hear on a podcast like this but yeah. here we are Keith here we yeah. are all right good and I will say it goes back to you know Luber has just as much content needed as when you work with the Try Guys I'm sure I mean mm -hmm. you like I said you have a pot celebrity theme song podcast mm -hmm. listen to that it was great um the various songs so how do you how do you keep the songs fresh then like where where's that inspiration come from then because it's different obviously like you said than the YouTube videos you do with the Try Guys yeah, so they come from all sorts of different things. Sometimes they are songs that one of us wakes up in the middle of the night and writes half of the song. But typically one of us comes up with a concept and then we write some amount of it, bring it to the others. We write more of it. Um, and Huey normally helps us figure out sort of the actual chord structure of the song because one of us will bring a melody and some ideas and then we'll all work together and write more lyrics. And then sometimes you'll make up a song and it's on the beginning of the tripod podcast and it will become a sound on TikTok that mm -hmm. starts trending and you didn't put it there. So you're like, well, let's turn this thing into a whole song. Yeah. And then you have a song called white people taco night that becomes one of the most heard songs that you've made. <laughs> and people are still at your shows when you sing it being like, Oh, you wrote that song. And we're mm -hmm. like, yeah, because yeah, it's had its own life kind of without us. Like it yeah. doesn't really need us, uh, which is, which in terms of like making things for the internet, I'd say that's actually the most viral thing I've made because viral really means that you didn't plan it, God, right? It was like, it's like yeah. a video that it's like a, when someone happens to be rolling during yeah. a thunderstorm and a lightning like hits yeah. something and it's like, well, that was just luck. That was yeah. luck. And white people talk at night is just luck. Um, Cause oh, I didn't put it out for people. To, I mean, we put it on a podcast, but someone else ripped the sound, put it on TikTok, and it became a meme and a participatory meme. Love it. So then we wrote a whole song and uh, now it's like the first time we sang that song live, the audience sang along the song with us, which is a surreal that. experience yes. to never have performed the song before people actually knew it. 
That's <laughs> yeah, it did really. You, so did you like stop for a second? And go. We wrote this. They know it, right? This is us. This is know, us. Like our was, whole. Like this is. It was us. super cool. We got to, like <laughs> the first time we sang it. We got to drop out and not sing it. Like the audience sang. You guys the do our job. Four of us. It was. It was very cool and uh, really makes you frustrated when you work really hard to write a song and it's like, oh, we kind of like it. <laughs> but you know, that's that's it's all trial and error. Yeah. It's writing stuff and we write from real things that have happened to us or sometimes we make up totally ridiculous scenarios and uh and we are always pitching songs to each other it's in, in the same way there's a text thread with Lou Berger where it's just like yeah texting back and forth different ideas we're working on a song maybe it'll be ready by I assume called fitness equipment right I'm expecting it now about fitness equipment <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. If you'd like to preview before, please let us know. But I hope it's here. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, so how do you manage, I mean, Lou Berger and the Try Guys? You're part of these two groups that are doing great things, but different things. So you yourself, I mean, you are one human being and you mm -hmm. you have a wife, you, you have a personal life, you, you're owning a production company. How, how do you balance all of that for yourself too? Just good scheduling really right, and yep. uh, I will say the number one thing you should do when you own a business but aren't a manager is hire someone who knows how to run a business so right. we like hired really talented <laughs> producers and they are able to help our wild schedules because it's not even just me it's like there's four owners all of us have different lives and different yeah. other oh, yeah. passions yes. And, yes. and pursuits yeah. and and you know trips to see family and yeah. so there's like four main schedules to work around yeah. and then you know i'll be like oh i'm going on tour this week and we just figure it out and we have shoots all the time you know i've got uh this what what, what we do is i'll look at my calendar right now i've got a shoot <laughs> on wednesday and thursday and friday and all of our meetings are on tuesday today i'm doing this and then i have looper rehearsal after it and sometimes looper rehearsal is at night Sometimes it's on the weekend. Right. Sometimes, though, we also shoot videos at night or shoot a video yeah. on the weekend. They were just shooting a video yesterday uh, that I wasn't in, which is great. It's just, it's just, it's <laughs> just only yeah, so much you can do. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do a, a video with um, a Broadway musical next month. We're going to fly out to New York and make it. So, like, at, at the same time, while I was busy, sometimes it's also like, amazing opportunities yes. yeah. that you just could never have any other way. Yeah. So I guess saying that now, cause I'm just generally curious, what has been one of your favorite skits or favorite shows or whether it's with Lou Berger or with Try Guy, mm -hmm. do you have some favorites that just stick with you forever? Oh, of course. I mean, any of the videos where we get Eugene to sit in my lap, but probably when we built the fake chair was so funny and there's something what's great about those prank videos is that like they're the most harmless pranks ever but they give you this energy burst that's really yeah. hilariously childish and mischievous and it's so fun to do and we're just all giggling the whole time so that and i love making without a recipe um it's super cool uh to make you know we've built this show that we started out as like a joke that then Eugene and I were like, we should do a video where we make bread without a recipe. And Ned and Zach were like, that sounds like it'll never work. And we're like, well, we think it'll work. Yep. And we did it and it worked really well. And now we have a whole franchise of the shows on it. And then we also have a Food Network show that comes out yes, August that's right. 31st. That's based off of that. It's yeah. the no recipe road trip with the Try Guys. It's basically <laughs> without a recipe, except that we are going to um, restaurants and we're cooking in their kitchens to make something they're known for. Again, without knowing how to make it. And, uh, and, and a real kitchen is very different than your kitchen. Oh yeah. The fire can get a lot higher 
at like the kitchen of a Thai restaurant. You can be on a burner that'll have flames that'll go up four feet if you let them. And it's crazy. <laughs> so you can, we can expect some great reactions while you guys try to do all this then too. Oh yeah. Okay. The show's yep. super yep. fun. Then we yep. go to two restaurants um, in each episode yep. and it's really great and um, really excited about it coming out. And then with Lou Burger, I think all my favorite memories are moments from live shows yeah. and um, we definitely have some funny videos, but I think the, the live shows are always, and I love live shows because every show is always going to be totally different. Each audience, you know, makes the show what it is. Uh, and then, oh, I also love doing Eat the Menu, you know, as oh, much yes, as it yes. may be killing me slowly. It's a really fun, simple format that people love. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like TikTok in that it's exactly the same every time. And yes. the things that do well on TikTok are yep. things that are exactly the same every time. Yep. And I think that's why it is successful. It's something very cathartic. It's like, it's laundry TV. It's something you put on while you're doing something else. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So do you have to have some type of like workout routine or you have to prepare your body for when you do the eat the menu? Skits? I try like I, to work out. I want you to be around for a long time. So. Yeah, I try to do more aerobic working out before oh, okay. to try to up my Good. metabolism. And also those videos take like five hours to shoot. So it's not like a timed, it's not like I'm eating all of that in an That's hour. True. Yeah. So it's, not the same as you know where more most food eating is like sprinting mine's more of marathoning That's so it's good. different it's different take it one by and you bring people on to that show and they try mm -hmm. a little bit with you so yeah you and i the love I, a little bit yeah and, i get yeah. to feature some of my friends and uh yeah. you know help them you know have a have a chance to chat on stage and this should be fun yeah great well and then i mean speaking of food the other thing i found amazing that i think should just be the epitome of your career is that you have hot sauces <laughs> and i, I do why when i saw that i was like oh my gosh keith has hot sauces this is amazing i want to try them all like so i mean you you have i know you've got merchandise but the hot sauces like yeah the hot sauces yeah, and thing. they came about totally from eat the menu i saw that when i was doing videos for places that right after people would tweet or instagram message me or, or tag me buying the thing that i said was the best there you go. And I was like, I'm just doing marketing for corporations <laughs> right now. This yeah. isn't, this isn't right. I should. So I decided like, oh, and something I, I have a very low spice tolerance, but I love the flavors that spicy sauces have. So I thought, what if I made hot sauces that weren't all that hot, but yeah. they still have complex flavors. And I bet there's other people like me who want yes, to yeah. add a little spice, but a lot of flavor. And uh, so I developed these hot sauces sort of one at a time. And now there's three, but there's also now a actual hot version of the first one. So now I actually am making hot sauces, not just not two hot sauces. You've tried the hot, hot sauce then too? It's like too it. hot for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, but you know, it, it's made for people okay, who want yes. hot. And I, I'm just not one Yeah. So, but that's been really fun and it's had its own life and I love it. And it's such a fun thing to give people yeah, um, yeah. especially people who don't yet know you have hot sauces it's like a really fun <laughs> oh, and it's also got its own little fan base or people who like there's people there's someone who tags me every time they do it they buy like 12 bottles at a time and they are just crushing hot sauce and all right well vip that's great fine. customer got that low spice it's probably like mm -hmm. their thing then too that's perfect but i yeah. mean how many years i mean in a million years would you ever thought yeah, I'm gonna have a hot sauce with my face on it. No, I definitely <laughs> that wasn't one of my goals, no? you know, no. as a creator, but it is certainly 
um look at you now really fun and you know and i get to design the flavors so yeah. it's it for me that what that's what makes it the most fun is that like i get to make the videos that people see but i can also make something that people can taste yeah that's super fun and yeah. cool you're improving sauces as much as you're improving on your yeah. own. Look at yeah. that. Although the sauces take a lot more work. You gotta oh, okay. there's normally like eight versions of each sauce before it gets done in That's terms easy. of the slight adjustments or temperature That's adjustments. Perfect. And got it. Yeah. Got it. Well, I mean, Keith, everything you've done, it's truly amazing. And it's fun, it's creative, and having laughs with you, it just your laugh, your personality, it's contagious too. And that's oh, what I love thanks. about the Try Guys. That's what I love about Lou Burger. It's just, it's just fun. And like we said earlier, you bring joy to your fans. So um, I just want to say thank you for taking the time today. Uh, Lou Burger is going to be at Illinois State University on September 9th. The Alumni Association is hoping to have an event as well with that. So we hope to have more details. Um, and Keith's going to be hopefully around campus a little bit, seeing some students. I know we have very limited time with you, but we were happy that we were able to get Lou Burger to come and share in this comedy band love and all the music. And I can't, I hope you have new songs. I hope you. It's going to be so fun. Yes. I am going to have to reach out to the School of Music to lend yes. me some horns while I'm there oh, because yes. there's one piece we do where I try to play four different horns throughout the duration of the song oh. but I can't possibly tour four horns yes. yeah but I want to see if they'll lend me a sousaphone because I've never played one in a show I've never actually played one but I'm pretty sure I can figure it out in a few hours yes and then School music. at least enough to play three notes that's it <laughs> in yeah. the song School music knock knock we need you yeah. just a little bit well we're excited to have you Keith and again thank you for everything and good luck on your tour this uh, the rest of this fall and into how long's the tour I guess I should ask before we go so. well you know it's it's on and off so that tour okay. is a week and a half tour but then there's okay. like dates sprinkled that we normally yeah. go out and come back go okay. out come yeah. back nope yeah. that makes sense so you know keep a lookout for Keith and Lou Burger and the Try Guys and everything else and again thank you Keith so much thank you that was 2008 School of Theater and Dance alum Keith Habersberger. Remember to get your Lou Burger tickets before September 9th and find Keith creating more laughs with the Try Guys and Lou Burger on YouTube, social, and through your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening to Redbird Buzz, and be sure to tune in next time for more stories from Beyond the Quad.